Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We're coming out the tunnel here on College Football Live with a top 15 team in action. Utah taking on Florida tonight and the Utes likely playing without their starting quarterback. We dive into the impact of that. Plus, we've got a full slate of week one games coming your way this weekend. We're taking a look around the top 10. Some new sound from some of football's top coaches. And it's LSU FSU part two this weekend. An instant classic last year. What will this Sunday night game bring this go-round? It's all ahead on College Football Live. College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. Welcome to College Football Live alongside Jordan Reed and Sam Acho. I am Kelsey Riggs. Guys, it is an exciting day because week one is finally here. We've got 11 games on the docket tonight. Just starting things off, setting the stage for this weekend. But let's get to the big game and some of the big ones that we are going to see coming your way tonight. Starting with Florida traveling to 14th ranked Utah on ESPN tonight. Second straight season. These teams have met in week one. Utah quarterbacks, Cam Rising is doubtful to play. More coming on that story in just a minute. But also, NC State travels to UConn. We'll see Brennan Armstrong make his Wolfpack debut after transferring from Virginia. Now, these teams also played last year. NC State won that game 41-10. And we've got a Big Ten game tonight. Nebraska and Minnesota kickoff conference play as Matt Rule makes his coaching debut for the Cornhuskers, the Golden Gophers. They've won four straight meetings. So other games to take a look at around the Power Five include Wake Forest hosting Elon tonight. It is the Mitch Griffiths era now. No more Sam Hartman. We'll see what that looks like. 7 Eastern on ACC Network. Also Missouri hosting South Dakota on SEC Network. And we wrap up Thursday night with Arizona State against Southern Utah. But let's dive deeper into the big game tonight and the big news out of that game. That is number 14, Utah, expected to be without Cam Rising for this game against Florida tonight. Our Pete Thamel broke the news yesterday that he is listed as doubtful for this game. So what does that mean? Well, got a couple of other quarterbacks on Utah's roster to take a look at. Bryson Barnes and Nate Johnson. They both made one combined start last season, have had under 500 passing yards. Rising had over 3,000 yards by himself. The stats look very different. And Sam, let's be let's be honest, it's a different team without Cam Rising as well. So what are your expectations for what this offense can look like with these other quarterbacks in the mix? Well, I went back and watched Bryson Barnes game from last year the one game that he started against Washington State and he was a game manager in that game he wasn't asked to do too much they were relying on the run game and relying on their defense and oh by the way he won that game and so Utah believes that if Bryson Barnes can control the ball right don't turn the ball over use your scrambling ability and also be able to move outside of the pocket which they did a lot with him last year they'll be able to win this game don't put too much on your shoulders just control the ball. 
Jordan, we have seen what Cam Rising can do. He has been the X factor for this team as they win back-to-back Pac-12 championships. They don't have him tonight. If they don't, he is listed as doubtful. Who can be the X factor or what can be the X factor for them in this game tonight? Well, this is a new situation for Utah just because Cam Rising has played a lot of football, making 25 career starts over the past two years. But run game efficiency, that is what is going to be key for the youth tonight against Florida. Florida's breaking in a new scheme with a new defensive coordinator in Austin Armstrong. So with all those moving parts, expect for Utah to really lean on the running game. Jaquindon Jackson, Michael Bernard, get ready to put your hard hat on tonight just because the best friend of a young and inexperienced quarterback is to lean on that running game. So I expect both of those running backs to get a heavy boatload of the carries tonight, and as well as playing tough defense to help this young, inexperienced quarterback out. Hopefully that'll make him feel a little more experienced right out the gate. And as you mentioned, it takes just some of the pressure off of you when you're not having to perform right out the gate. You've got these guys behind you that are able to stand up. Uh, guys, this was a great game last year, and hopefully it's going to be a good one this year as well. Maybe Utah, I don't know, would they want some revenge after last year's season opener? The youth were ranked number seven. Florida was unranked. And then after three fourth quarter lead changes, the Gators won that game 29-26. to So... If we're talking X factors, Sam, last year it was probably Anthony Richardson, but he's starting quarterback with the Colts now, so that team looks a little bit different with Graham Mertz taking over as well. Florida will pull the upset in this game again this year if they do what? If they can stop Utah's running game, and we saw, we were just alluded to with the fact that Utah's going to be a physical football team. And yes, there's a new defensive coordinator. Last year, Florida's defense was porous. If you know you're going to try and run the ball and I can stop it, now all of a sudden, Florida has a chance. And so, if you can't stop that running game, you have no shot. If you do, give yourself a very good opportunity. I mean, it's simple for what Florida needs to do. They need, they need to pressure. They need to pressure Bryson Barnes. Once again, a young and inexperienced quarterback. The best way to create turnovers is by getting in the backfield with the quarterback. So if they put Bryson Barnes in some tough situations, this defense is able to get some pressure on him. I think they have a chance in this one. Looking forward to seeing this one. It is our first Thursday night game of the college football season. Number 14, Utah, hosting Florida tonight. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific on ESPN and the app. Let's get to another transfer quarterback making his debut with a new team tonight, and that's Brennan Armstrong at NC State. He links back up with his old offensive coordinator from Virginia, Robert Anai. And you guys, what a pair they were back in 2021. Brennan Armstrong was second in FBS and passing yards per game. Did some really impressive things with this offense. So what is it going to look like this go-round? Sam, what do you think? Are we going to get to see the 2021 version of Brennan Armstrong? and Robert and I, or I don't know, what is the 2023 version going to look like? Could it be even better? It could be even better. I think we'll see more of what we saw in 2021 based off of the relationship between quarterback and coordinator. If you listen to Brennan Armstrong talk, he'll say, man, I understand him and he understands me. He lets me be me. He lets me be free. And anytime a quarterback has a coach who believes in them, you see greatness. So I think we're going to see the same 2021 version, if not a little bit better this year. Quite the trust between that pair as well. And Brennan, I know, has really been able to come in and help this offense and kind of explain what they're trying to do there. Let's go from him, who's one of the most experienced quarterbacks, to one of the new fresh faces that we're going to get to see this year in college football. A true freshman in the starting job. That's Jaden Rashada making his debut at Arizona State. They host Southern Utah. So excited to see what he looks like after he has finally landed at Arizona State. So Jordan, what do you think we can expect from Jaden tonight? 
Just execute. That's all the coaches want to see out of Jaden Rashad. They know that you're going to make mistakes. You're a young, inexperienced quarterback, but you don't want to turn the ball over. You want to be pressure. You want to be poised in pressurized situations. And the best thing for him is that the first four games of the season for the Sun Devils are at home. So there's no better atmosphere for him to play in. He doesn't have to worry about going on the road, playing against a lowly opponent in Southern Utah. This is a great opportunity for him to go out and get some reps. But the coaches just want to see him execute and don't turn the football over. Get in his groove early in this one. They do have that 10 Eastern game as they take on, as you mentioned, Southern Utah. We've got a lot more to get to here on College Football Live. We talked about some of the big games you were going to see now, but how about some of the big teams you're going to see throughout the year? New sound from Ryan Day on his quarterback. Plus, should we be concerned about Alabama not naming one? College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. You are taking a look at College Football Playoff National Championship Trophy presented by Dr. Pepper. Georgia's won it the last two years, but let's take a look around the AP Top 10 at some of the other contenders this year, starting with number three, Ohio State. They named Kyle McCord the starting quarterback for week one. He played in 12 games last year, but their head coach says don't rule out seeing Devin Brown as well. Here's Ryan Day on the plan for his quarterbacks this year. It's new on College Football Live. We're putting together a plan on, you know, kind of how we see it play out. Um, and then, you know, as, as the game goes on, we'll, we'll get a feel for what we think gives us the best chance to win. Uh, but we'll certainly have a plan going into, uh, you know, the start of the game. All right, Sam, so they're saying that it's Kyle, but we'll still see Devin, and then they'll evaluate the plan. What do you feel like is going to work with this quarterback situation, or is it going to work if you're saying maybe you see two guys? Yeah, I'm not excited about seeing a, a plan going forward in week one. I mean, I would love to see, like it was in the years past, like a destined starter, whether it was Justin Fields or C.J. Stroud. Like, I haven't heard this, hey, we'll see how it happens. So that's my concern with this situation. I'm confident it's going to work out, but the problem is when you're in a quarterback competition going into week one, there can be that sense of unease if you don't perform to the best of your ability. And so that could affect Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, knowing there's someone over your shoulder who is going to get in if you don't succeed. And we, we've all heard the saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none, especially with Ohio State, them potentially playing two guys. When is the last time Ohio State has went into a season not knowing who the quarterback is going to be? And Sacho mentioned this, Justin Fields, C.J. Stroud, even going back to the days of Troy Smith and J.T. Barrett, this is a program that is illustrious with quarterback play. So this is going to be a very interesting season and a big decision for Ryan Day and his staff going forward. 
It's going to be interesting, but what also is happening right now that's interesting is the similar storyline that we're seeing at Alabama. They're number four in the AP preseason poll, and for the first time in his 17 seasons as a head coach, Nick Saban has not released a depth chart, meaning he's not naming a starting quarterback. So Ohio State has named one, but they're saying they have two. Alabama's not naming one. Jordan, are you concerned at all with Alabama this season based off of that fact and principle right there? I am, and they are in a similar situation as Ohio State, and if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Is it going to be Jalen Milrow? Is it going to be Tyler Buckner? Is it going to be Ty Simpson? They have no idea who the quarterback is going to be, and I'm sure the staff is probably settled on who the guy is going to be on during week one, but we'll see what happens. Jalen Milrow is more of an athletic type of quarterback, while Tyler Buckner is more of your pocket passer. So what I'm interested to see with Alabama is how do they adjust their scheme depending on who they tried out there for the year. And Jordan, I'm actually not too concerned in this situation compared to the Ohio State situation because this Alabama team can win even without an elite quarterback. We've seen them do it years past, whether it was Greg McElroy, right? A game, more type, more of a game manager type of quarterback. Like we've seen them win without a Bryce Young, without a CJ Stroud, without a Justin Fields if you want to go to Ohio State. And so that's why I'm saying, okay, even though you haven't named a quarterback yet, you still are going to have a dominant defense. You still are going to rely on your running game, and you still know that you know how to win games. So I, I actually taper back on my concern with this situation uh, with Alabama. Well, we know it feels like both of these teams have so many good pieces around them, and obviously they have built the years past. But uh, interesting, kind of new territory for both of these teams, at least in recent memory. Let's get to another team that is in the top ten that we are keeping our eyes on throughout the week. That's number six, USC, gearing up for their second game of the season. We already got to see them go out against San Jose State with the 56-28 win. This week it is Nevada. Their head coach, Lincoln Riley, says there's room for improvement, but don't ask him to give a grade. I don't give them a, a number grade, so it's not like, oh, well, we graded 80% on this. Um, but for us, it's more going back through situations that happened, calls that happened, um, and identifying the ones where it's like, you know, we, we need to do better. This is not what we need to do. What's the adjustment? Where was the breakdown? And then let's fix it so it doesn't happen again. He's not passing out braids, but uh, we can kind of grade a little bit. <laughs> Sam, let's look at this team and say, what did you see in week one where there's room for improvement? Well, I didn't see a passing grade. If I'm comparing it to what I saw last year, if you want to be a great team, you have to have a balanced team, balanced offense, balanced defense. Last year, USC had an amazing offense, but their defense was porous. This year, week one or week zero, offense was great, and defense, once again, was porous. What I was disappointed by wasn't just the missed tackles, wasn't just the bad alignment, but it was also losing some of your one-on-one -on -one battles. It's like if you're going to play a team like San Jose State and your USC, you need to be able to win one-on-one. -on -one. And so that's what I didn't see this year. Year, along with some of the same mistakes that we missed last year. And Sacho, that's always the big question with the USC is how are they going to be defensively? We know Lincoln Riley is going to piece together an explosive offense. We saw Zachariah Branch, who was an explosive freshman. We saw he was able to do in all phases of the game. But giving up third and 22 conversions, long third down conversions, these are the big questions about Alex Grinch and just can that defense improve? I think that's going to be the difference between them potentially making the college football playoff or having two to three losses at the end of the year. This defense has to get better. 
That was one of the big questions for them last year. You mentioned Zachariah Branch, though. Give me him all season long. That was so fun week one. Hopefully we get even more from him in the coming weeks, and I'm sure we will. Let's get to another team in the top ten, and that is Clemson coming in at number nine in the AP top ten preseason poll. A few extra days for them to prep. It's a big Monday night game against Duke for the Tigers. Their head coach, though, Dabo Sweeney, not a coach to ever look overlook an opponent, but he is placing plenty of emphasis on game one. This is my 15th year now, and um, we've not had a championship team that didn't win the opener. You know, so um, it's an important game. And if you look at the history of Clemson, I think there's 27 conference championship teams here. Um, and I think it's like 24, 2, and 1. Those, those championship teams, they won the opener. He's right, and I want to take it a step further because no team has ever lost week one and made the college football playoff. So it's not just that they've never won a championship. No team that has ever lost week one has made the college football playoff. So you do put a lot of emphasis on game one. And Jordan, you should with this Duke team. It looks different than teams in the past. They won nine games last year. How big of a game is this for the Tigers? It was massive just because Duke is a team that is ascending. Mike Elko really has this program believing winning nine games a season to go, which is a huge number at Duke. That's something that we haven't seen done there in a very long time. They have an intriguing quarterback in Riley Leonard that a lot of scouts are really excited about. He knows that this is what I like to call a resume game for him. This is a big opening day game for him. There's plenty of other players that, are, that get you really excited about Duke, but the Tigers cannot sleep on the Blue Devils in this game. This is a big game for them. And to your point, Jordan, you talk about resume games, right? You play quarterback in college. You played against a lot of huge opponents. You understand what it's like when you're playing up to your opponent. And I think Duke is going to be ready. So Clemson, the danger is overlooking a team like Duke. Now, it's great to hear from a coach like Dabo. He's saying, hey, I'm not overlooking that. I'm looking at the history. I know what it takes to win. And so it's going to be a challenging environment. What I'm most excited to see is offensively. What does the quarterback and new coordinator situation look like? Cade Klubnick is going to his second year. First year as a full-time starter. But now you have Garrett Riley, who came over from TCU, the same TCU team that went to the college football playoff and played in the national championship. The same Riley name, whose brother is a head coach at USC, right? So He's got the pedigree and the last name when it comes to college football excellence. What will it look like with Kate Klubnick at quarterback, Will Shipley at running back, and some new weapons on the outside? Kate Klubnick was the MVP of that ACC championship game last year that Clemson won. What will he look like in this new offense? Everybody really excited to see with Garrett Riley. Let's take a look now, not just those big games, but it is time for our weekend lineup brought to you by Wendy's Beef. And you guys, we've got three head coaches making their team debuts tonight. Matt Rule with Nebraska. We touched on that a little bit. You're also going to get to see Trent Dilfer with UAB and Kenny Dillingham with Arizona State as well. For Dilfer, in Dillingham. It's their first ever FBS head coaching gig. We will see how they do making their debuts with their teams tonight. Coming up on College Football Live, it is the third straight season opener where Mike Norvell and Brian Kelly go head to head. And last year, it was an instant classic. What you can expect from this year's game, that's ahead on College Football Live. It is back. Action on the field. A season ready to erupt. And have a few aliens. This is what college football is supposed to be.
College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the College Football Live is presented by Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Let's take a look now at our Dr. Pepper Championship Drive Game of the Week preview, and it is a big one. LSU and Florida State playing on Sunday. They played a memorable Week 1 game last season, too. The Tigers outscored the Seminoles. 20-7 down the stretch, but lost on a blocked extra point. LSU has a 65% chance, 65% chance to win this rematch Sunday night on ABC. It is going to be a big one. And, guys, last year it came down to the wire. It was an instant classic. Jordan, for you this year, what entices you about LSU Florida State Part 2? Two wide receivers that I'm really excited to see in this game. And the first one is LSU wide receiver Malik Neighbors. And he was a player that only had 42 yards in this game a season ago, but he finished last season red hot. 489 yards, two touchdowns over those last four games. And I expect LSU to get him involved early and often. And then on the opposite side of the field, I'm going to go with Keon Coleman, who's a wide receiver for the Seminoles. They took advantage of the transport portal this year, but it's a very crowded room with the Seminoles this year. They have a lot of players coming in. Jaheim Bell came over from excuse me, from South Carolina. Johnny Wilson's a returning player, but I'm really excited to see how they incorporate Keon Coleman in this offense. And I'm excited about seeing that Florida State defense fly around the football. The way they ended last season, I mean, this team was hunting. And so defensively, if you think about how you're going to win a game like this, it's tackles for loss. It's sacks. And we saw both these teams have dominant performances during stretches last year. But the way that this Florida State football team ended the season, I could not be more excited to watch how they start this season against LSU. Well, and when you talk about that Florida State defense, Jordan looked no further than Jared Verse, who was grading out to be a first-rounder last year and then decided to come back. Jordan, what do you like about his game? I mean, he's the complete package, and he had two sacks in this game a season ago. The best defender in college football this year. I want to see him play like it. He has a lot of hype coming into this year, which he didn't have last season. He was fresh off of coming, coming in from Albany. So now with those heightened expectations, can Jared Burst live up to the hype? I can't wait to see it in this matchup. It's going to be Sunday, 7.30 on ABC. You guys, we talked a little bit about Nebraska football playing this weekend. Well, i got to give some love to Nebraska volleyball. Memorial Stadium filled with over 92,000 fans to watch the five-time NCAA champs Nebraska volleyball team taking on Omaha. It was a record for women's sports attendance. So shout out, first of all, to all those people that were celebrating and there to see those women play. Just an incredible environment there. I, I see you, Sam. What you got? Well, Kelsey, you know, I'm saying, like, so when I was in college at Texas, we used to go and watch our volleyball team play. It was amazing. Now, it wasn't 92,000, but I mean, people like Bailey Webster, Julianne Fawcett, Sydney Yogi, Jen Doris. Like, there's nothing better than an athlete to go watch your other athletes dominate. So I get excited looking at this. 
And coming out of the tunnel like that, you look around, you've got 92,000 people setting a record. Just impressive stuff all the way around. We'll see if Matt Rule and Nebraska are as impressive as that, but the volleyball thing, they have set the standard there. Enjoy week one college football. We will see you back here tomorrow for College Football Live.